these people came into my life and I started working with them and I got the education, but then they teach me more and more because gosh, if they're going to show up, I better sure as heck show up and have the knowledge to be able to help them and, right. and learn more and keep learning. To welcome to the Health Coach Collaborative podcast. This is our first ever podcast uh, on the HCC. And today I have Jennifer, who is somebody who took our natural nutrition courses previously. And we wanted to bring her on to share a little bit about who she is, what inspired her to jump into nutrition, along with the many other hats that she wears within her health coaching business. And so I just wanted to get Jennifer to introduce herself, obviously, and share a little bit more about who she is to start with. So hi, Jennifer. Thanks for hopping on the podcast with me today. Um, do you want to just give a quick introduction about who you are, what you do, and uh, we'll go from there. Thanks so much for having me. Um... So my, I have a health coach fitness business. Um, I specialize in cancer survivors or cancer recovery, and I work with Parkinson's, people with Parkinson's disease are my main specialties. Although in my, on my website and how I kind of approach it is uh, the management of and prevention of chronic disease in general, right? So fitness, I, I have a personal training certification, I have a health coaching certification, I have a cancer exercise specialist certification. I have the natural nutrition certification now through Lynn. And I also have uh, Parkinson's wellness recovery um, training and certification. So that's what I do. And how I kind of got there is like a, a very long story. It's a lot of times a long story, but um, started out as a personal trainer in 2007 and did just personal training. And I think Lynn and you and I've had this discussion before about, oh, it's just about exercise. It's not about <laughs> nutrition. You just got to exercise, right? <laughs> um, and for a long time, I kind of, when I heard like, oh, it's 80% nutrition, 20% exercise. I was like, no, that's not true. You know, you got it. It's exercise, right? You, 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 you and I've had that discussion, right? So, well, it's um, funny. It's funny that you said that. Cause I actually, just as you we were talking, put that 80, 20, uh, mark down on my paper. I know we've <laughs> talked about it before, but I don't think both of you, both you and I had said the 80, 20 thing. And that's something that my husband, who is a personal trainer also have had arguments about, you know, which right. is more important. Anyways, right. continue on. <laughs> right, right. And um, I didn't always factor that in necessarily, um, even though for my own life, I ate well and had good nutrition. Um, and then I ended up going to work at the Y because I was just, it was hard having my own business and I just kind of wanted to be around more people. And I got introduced to cancer survivor training, um, also worked with some Parkinson's clients there. And these chronic disease, like diabetes as well. Some of these chronic disease areas started falling into my lap and I started getting more knowledge and decided to get more training. And then when COVID hit, I just decided I'm just going to launch my business again. And that summer of 2020, I relaunched and into cancer survivors, Parkinson's, and um, I actually have a client with uh, diabetes as well. So, and it's just taken off. I mean, so many people needed it, especially through COVID. And it's really just been a, it's been a journey that I probably couldn't have told you I would be on 10 years ago. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. you know what, you're not a, I don't think you're alone in the fact that you started your business during COVID and have seen like 
wild success with it. I find that that's something that is happening more and more often, regardless of who I talk to. Um, I think it's just so important that we start sharing the knowledge that we have and being able to help as many people as we possibly can with the <clears throat> rise in the, I guess, healthcare concerns that we're seeing coming up within this sphere. So you've been in business for more than 10 years, you said, right? About 13 um, years now, I think. Yeah. Okay. 13 years working in fitness and things like that. So what ultimately um, led you to adding nutrition in as one of these certifications? I know in this uh, wellness practitioner realm, a lot of us are I don't like using the word chronic learners, but we like to continuously get, you know, different certifications. For me, it's more about learning and understanding things on a more macro level. Um, but, you know, what did ultimately lead you to um, adding nutrition into those certifications that you have? Um, I think a lot of it was, so as I said before, it was kind of all into exercise. And then as I started to learn more and work with different populations, I started to see a more holistic holistic approach to fitness, right? It's not just exercise, it's not just nutrition, it's actually emotional well-being too. So I, that's kind of my, that is my model. But why, and I, I know a lot about nutrition just from my own personal life, but I felt like I needed to get a certification to make myself more credible but also to learn more, to make sure I was on the right track, right? Am I on the right track? And I actually did learn, learn new things and learn some things that I can incorporate in that I didn't know or didn't quite know. So I felt like it was necessary if I wanted to promote nutrition as a big part of a healthy lifestyle, I needed to have that credential behind me as well to, uh, to be able to promote that. <laughs> right, of course. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of, you know, all of these things that you now have a vast knowledge in, um, it's not just the 80, 20, 80% exercise, 20% nutrition or vice versa. That is the most important. What do you think are some of the tools that are missing right now in, let's say the fitness practitioner or fitness coach uh, realm or any other of these realms that you work in right now? Um. Well, I, I, I don't know if it's a tool per se, but I think, um, I mean, just what I see is just people's emotional well-being and their, and their lifestyles. I mean, when I say lifestyle, I mean, we're just so busy. Everybody's so busy. And I, I feel like the fitness industry is trying to like, it's so necessary, but how do we fit, how do we fit health and nutrition and fitness all into this busy lifestyle? So like, that's the question that, I'm always facing with my clients, right? I'm always like, how can I best maximize it, efficiently put it in, but also try and get you to kind of wean down on some of the stuff in your life that's not, not really necessary. Like, is this really necessary? And, and to reprioritize. Um, so I don't know if that, that's answering your question, but I think we just jump into fitness and we jump into nutrition, but we don't look at emotionally how I'm dealing or the stress level I have or all these things that are coming down on me that I may or may not need to keep doing. And maybe something can go. And that's a question that a lot of times I'll ask my clients, like, is, you know, is there something that you can give up right now to add fitness or to be able to think clearer about what you're eating and how you're eating? Right. One thing that we see a lot, I, this is my experience and I would love to like hear your viewpoint on it. But one thing that I see happening a lot 
with either nutrition coaches or fitness coaches, doesn't matter what, what hat you wear, I guess, in terms of the wellness practitioner role, um, is that we are constantly taking um, things away. So, you know, like I need to take carbohydrates away, or I need to take this away. I need to take more of this away. And it's always this kind of like take deplete, take deplete instead of like maybe either replacing a poor habit with a better habit or, you know, adding something in that's actually going to be of benefit to you. So, you know, can you add in some, nutrition uh, practices that are going to give you more energy to help solve this problem of lack of energy or maybe stress or something along those lines. Would you say that you agree with that? Yes. Yes. It's very interesting you say that because I just had this conversation with one of my clients yesterday. Um, She has higher cholesterol. Now she's a cancer survivor. Chemotherapy can um, increase cholesterol. So there's a lot of factors going on, but also she's we talked about how maybe we can look at her diet, but we talked about that very thing. That's one of the things she's a little concerned of, you know, not concerned, but a little afraid, like taking stuff away. But I said, well, why don't we work on first adding more fiber, um, higher quality carbohydrates and those kind of things. And she liked that idea a lot better. Like let's add, let's don't, don't, let's don't worry about taking away. Let's just add, let's look at adding. And it was actually a really very positive conversation that way. It was less intimidating to say, let's add something instead of take away the sweets or take away all those things that you like. Well, and I think there's a lot of comfort in the foods that maybe when you think about working with a nutrition coach, (laughs) for me, like if I was to work with a nutrition coach, you know, 15 years ago, before I knew much about nutrition coaching and my philosophy around it, if somebody was to tell me like, oh, you should cut out chocolate or, oh, you should, you know, reduce this in your diet. Um, I would feel like all my comfort foods were being taken away, right? And so it's like, what can you replace those comfort foods with that might be a better option for you, but still feel like you're, well, then we can get into the emotional side of like comfort foods and all of those things. But you know what I mean is like, I think I would feel like my security blanket was being taken away from me. And so to understand that emotional role that we have connected to food as well, I think is really important too. Um, And it doesn't have to be 100%. And that's what the conversation, that's what I think people when they want to get healthier, they want to, they think that they have to do, they have to go all in 100% or nothing. And that's why people ultimately, I I don't want to use the word fail, but they ultimately fail. And they just go through this yo-yo because that's what I try and tell my clients. You don't have to be 100%. It doesn't have to be perfect. Allow yourself some grace to just, not be perfect every day, but mm-hmm. most of the time be on the track. Like, and, and as I start to like give people that, or they come to me and they're like, oh, I just, I did so bad this weekend, but the other six days I did, but I'm like, that's great. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, what was, it's okay. One day, so, but this, this idea of perfection is why I think a lot of people don't start too. They don't start, they don't start to, and I've just noticed that with my clients, they won't start a health journey because they know they can't be perfect. And nor should they expect themselves to be because that's not realistic. (laughs) Well, and that's a problem. I mean, that's a problem in so many aspects of our lives. And I think we've been, you know, taught to be these perfect beings and that it's not worth doing something if you can't do it a hundred percent right from the get go. And I don't know, can you relate like a story maybe to that, you know, either in your own experience or client's experience where, you know, starting was really difficult, but once they actually got started, um, you saw wild success with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, I notice it in my own life and that, that's what I'm gonna say. It's not just my clients, right? I notice it myself too, that I, you know, I might've been afraid to start my own business or I might've been afraid to take a certification or, or go to a class with a bunch of people who might know more than I, I do. Right. And as I've gotten into this and learned more, if I'm coaching my clients on this, I'm starting to be easier on myself, but um, actually most of my clients, I have a couple clients that just were really hesitant to get started. Um, I have one right now who's not started, but just really struggling with this very same thing. And I've given them a lot of information just to think about and, and also told them that same thing, just have some grace. But um, I have a client now that's been working with me for a year and we probably talked for a month before she finally took the plunge to start and she's doing really well. And, you know, it's not, it's not perfect but I keep telling her it's okay not to be perfect. Right. And she and she's been with me a year now in terms of fitness. She's a cancer survivor, keeping up with exercise. We're, we're now just kind of trying to introduce uh, nutrition and, and work towards better nutrition. Um, but we're just taking it slowly. And that's what I, it's, it's not a fast journey. It's not like a quick answer. And I keep telling my clients, anytime that somebody tells you it's quick, run the other way because it's not going to be quick. There are no quick fix pills. And I have said this probably 50 times in the last week. It doesn't matter like what you're, what you're going after. And I think, you know, we are at a time in, uh, well, well, in our lives or in society where we think that this like pill or the surgery or this thing is going to, be able to solve all these problems. But like you mentioned, like, it's not just about nutrition. It's not just about exercise. It's all of the other components that maybe don't get talked enough about. And I know at the health coach collaborative, like we're taking a very, like what we call a four pillar approach where it's, you know, nutrition, exercise, stress, sleep, and movement for an overall, like overall self-care regime, uh, let's call it. Right. right. Um, and so I think it's really interesting to start digging into some of these other things that could be affecting our health as well. And as a health coach, I know that you, you know, probably integrate these more than other fitness professionals or nutrition coaches would. Um, why do you see that these are, you know, some really beneficial things for the people that you're working with? What the emotional side or? Yeah, the like emotional or stress reduction aspect of it. Right. Well, um, from a stress standpoint or just being so busy or being emotionally tied up with other things, it's hard to just focus on, well, first of all, just taking the time to, to put together a good nutrition plan. It takes time. It takes mm -hmm. a lot of thought and it takes brain power. And if our brains are taken up with, you know, whatever stress we're dealing with or whatever activities that have to get done, or this has to get done, this has to get done, there's no room to think clearly about and I mean, studies have shown it's not like, it's not really a lack of willpower. It's just your brain can only take so much. It's not mm -hmm. that you don't have willpower. It's just, you're overloaded and there, there's only so much your body can take. So something's going to give, right? And if you choose to do these things, then nutrition's going to give or, you know, so I guess, the, so um, I think, um I think the emotional side is super important to get a handle on and really to take stock of your, of your life and take stock of your priorities, right? Where am I now? What do I want to do? What are my goals? And that's one of the things we sit down at the beginning is what, what are your goals, but what's impeding you from getting to those goals and how, what can you change to help you get there? Because what, what is this obstacle? What is the obstacle in front of you? 
Mm. And how is there a way we can get around the obstacle? I mean, there's some stress in our life we just can't get rid of. I mean, we, we have to keep it, right? Stress can be good, stress can be bad, but some there are things in our lives that we just, you know, if it's a sick mother or a sick uh, spouse or whatever, you, that's going to be there. But what things can you control? And maybe there's some things that can change or be controlled. Right. How do you recommend that your clients create space when everything is moving so fast and they're so busy? Like, what are some of the tools that you give them to try and help them find this balance? Um, one of the big things, one of my clients I found great success with her is, um, is just asking for help. I, mm. I think a lot of times people, and, and I'm going to just say this and forgive me if it sounds um, sexist or whatever, but I just think a lot of women, especially if you've been mothers and, and mothers my age, I'm in my fifties um, and, and older, just take, take on so much. And now this client I have, her kids are grown out of the house and she still just does everything. And we've been working together for two and a half years. And she's now like asking her husband for help. Um, she's communicating to him what he needs. She needs, and he's more than willing to help. He just never knew. Like in I just think that's a, that's a way to create space. Cause I think we think we have to do it all, but if you just reach out and say, I, I, you know, I can't do this today. Can you help me so that I can go to the grocery and get better food or whatever it is. All right. So I can set aside a half hour and work out or whatever. So I just, I found that to be my main thing is a lot of times my clients aren't asking for help. Mm, I think that, that is so true. I've seen that in my own life. Like I, I'm a mom of three boys. I, I'm younger than you are, but you know, even in relation to my business, I took forever to realize that I couldn't work 60 hours a week and run and manage a house full time with three boys all by myself, you know, yeah. like that some of the responsibility had to be shared with my husband. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, it led to me having a burnout and then potentially even leading into autoimmune issues if we dive into, you know, digestive health and going down that whole rabbit hole the perfectionistic slash uh, you must do everything yourself, never ask for help aspect of my personality probably contributed to those things and ultimately led to me understanding how stress and emotions and uh, not ultimately taking care of myself as the first and foremost thing in my life, you know, that's, that's what's led me here now today to actually start telling practitioners more and more about the rest of the, the health journey that comes along. So you have your fitness certification, you know, I did CrossFit for over two years. I was at the gym all the time. I had my nutrition certification, but I ran myself into the ground. And so there's these other aspects, <laughs> there's these other aspects of business and health that we have to be conscientious about. And I think that it's a huge uh, missing piece to, to having a well-rounded business, but also success with uh, clients in the long run. Right, right. Yeah, and I went through similar things in my life too, where I've kind of been, um, I was really, I ran marathons, I was in my younger, young, in my early twenties. And then with the kids, I tried to keep all that up, right? I'll just get up at five and run. And then <laughs> I ended up having three kids. And then the, by the time the third one came around, like, they were up like all night, like, like round robin. One would be up and the next one, next one. And I'd still get up at five o'clock and I'd run. And, and I just finally just 
just lost it. I, I crashed kind of like what you're saying too. And I kind of learned like, gosh, you know, too much exercise isn't good either. Right. And, mm. and then I end up having a, um, a benign brain tumor that I had in my, after my third child was born. And that just set me back for a couple of years in terms of getting my hormones regulated and everything. Mm. And that was the point in time where I learned about how help asking for help. And it was okay to not be able to do everything because I couldn't do everything. And I was just devastated. I was, I was so depressed. I was a, I was a stay home mom of three kids and I wasn't, I wasn't able to take care of my kids. And it was just, it was very humbling, but this mm-hmm. is where I've kind of brought that part of my story in. It's like, it was really okay. At that point in time, I needed to ask for help. It doesn't mean like now I help a lot of other people, but at that time I just couldn't help others. I needed to help. And like it was friends. It wasn't just my parents or stuff. My parents came and my husband's parents came for a bit, but I had friends and you know people just pitched in and super humbling, but it really taught me that it was really okay to not be able to do it all because I couldn't. <laughs> I yeah. Couldn't. Yeah. So, yeah. I was in the same boat, you know, within the last, you know, this is a recent story for me. So like, for me, this all, it's like giving me shivers a bit because yeah. it's honestly something that I don't think enough people are talking about is because if you ask for help or you show weakness, then you failed in some capacity. But I think it takes a lot of strength actually to be able to come back from that and say, hey, look, this is what I've learned in my situation. This is how you can actually change that path. It doesn't have to be a a defining factor in your life. You know, like for me, like, sure, I have autoimmune issues, but they're not my defining um, piece in my life. And I have been able to manage uh, these symptoms and how it, you know, is relayed in my life by using the skills that I have in and around, you know, fitness and nutrition and de-stressing and yoga and meditation and all of these tools that I've learned over the last, you know, 10 years. Um, And it just goes to show you like the power that is behind those when you use them, you know, wisely. Right, right. And it doesn't mean like, to your point, like, doesn't mean these things go away, right? I mean, I still deal with hormonal stuff. I have celiac disease now and I have, you know, certain like food, food issues and, um, but it's about managing it, right. And fitting it into your life and, and taking control, taking control of it. So it doesn't control you, right. And, and making it work in your life and, and just finding the tools to manage it. It doesn't mean that these things are, are, are going away, you know, health and fitness doesn't mean it's all, you're just going to be perfect. It just means you mm-hmm. learn how to manage through it and, and do the best you can and listen to your body and, and work through it. And I think my own experiences, what I've been through has helped me to, to be the coach I am now because of what I've been through. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. When I think a lot of coaches have their own personal experiences and that ultimately leads them to getting into the field in the first place, right? And I don't think enough coaches actually share their experience or share their stories in a deep enough way to, um, well, ultimately show that these are not just anecdotal, um, you know, happenings, like changing your nutrition isn't just an anecdotal thing. You're not just seeing these, you know, symptoms disappear or get better, you know, just through these random acts of, (laughs) of life, uh, you know, that these are tools that work really well and that they, how do I say this? (laughs) Not that they're proven, but, you know, we, we've seen it happen enough time as times as coaches that there's no more denying that these things are integral to our overall well-being. Right. 
I think that's how I wanted to phrase that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are some of the biggest questions or issues that you see happening in the industry right now, whether that's from a professional, let's start with from a coach perspective to a client, like what are some of the biggest um, issues that you are seeing right now? Um, I think I, it, probably a lot what I alluded to earlier is just this whole, our lives are just so busy and every, there's so much going on right now. Like it, I, you know, we're in such a fast paced world. I mean, it sounds so cliche to say that, but we, we really are like, it is so easy to just be in touch. And I mean, I mean, I'm getting off, but I mean, I'll have clients here and their phones go off and they answer it. I'm like, leave the, turn the phone off Yes. while you're here for an hour. Like I just, I, I just, I've had to tell some of my clients, when you're working out, turn the phone off. If you're, you know, if somebody needs you that bad, they'll call your husband or they'll call and you can take an hour, just turn it off. Um, I mean, I'm getting really, but it's just this whole, like everybody feels like they have to be connected all the time. And, mm. and I think that leads to, well, you get, get ready to go work out and the phone rings like, Oh, now I'm not going to go work out. Cause I'm, I'm going to talk to so-and-so now. And so I don't know if I'm really answering your question, but I just find like, there's so much emphasis on being in touch and being in touch and being in touch. And you can't, we're having trouble turning it off. To just well, we're, we're addicted. Off. We're addicted yeah. to our phones. Like right, right, right. if you, if you spend any amount of time, this is a really good topic because if you spend any amount of time away from your phone, what you'll realize is that when you go back to it, just how instinctual it is to pick it up and just scroll yeah. or just right, to right, look right. or just yeah. to, passively past time and not actually like what if you took um an hour out of your day instead of scrolling on Instagram to work out or to plan you know healthy nutrition and we're forgetting that these are kind of the essential needs of our human body right like we can't not have these things to have true health and well-being so when we're on our phones and we're on social media and we're feeling depressed because we're looking at all these other people who have a life like this and it's better than ours and right. we're getting emotional about it when really all you have to do is put the phone down right, right. and put in the same amount of effort that they're putting in into your own life right, right. and you'll actually start seeing the change. Right, right. Yeah. And for myself, I, I mean, I've gotten, I just, I just put do not disturb on my phone when I'm working out. And again, if my my kids are all grown and out of the house, but a lot of times they'll call me during the week. But if they call me, they'll just leave a message. I'll call them back when my hour's up, you know? And if it were a real emergency, they'd call their dad and right. my husband would get it. Like, it's, so I just realized like it's anything in that hour is not going to be, I mean, God forbid it would be something horrible, but I, I just don't think anything in that hour where I, I have that on do not disturb is going to be life-threatening. Yeah. And it, and it, you know, if like you said, God forbid that it was, you know, it's not really like that half an hour or 45 minutes right. that you missed is really not going to change much. It's still right. going to be the fact that that was there, right? My children are all a plane right away. So I would still have to get on a plane and I'd still have to, you know, Precisely I, I valid. To, I would have to move. But I, again, I just, I, I, and I've talked to some of my clients about this and it, 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 it's eye-opening um, to think, you know, I actually, and on another note, I had a client one time and she just had so much going on and she does, she takes care of her mother-in-law and she does a lot of stuff. And she had this dentist appointment all in this whole week of all these other things. I'm like, well, what, could you just change the dentist appointment? She's like, oh my gosh, I never thought I could do that. I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's just, 
if this is the, if all these other things that are more pressing, your mother-in-law's appointments and these things that you have to do, and it like opened up her day so that she could exercise and get grocery, whatever she needed to do. But she, it was just like mind blowing to her. Like, oh my gosh, I can change that, can't I? I don't have to do that right now. And so just these little things to think about, gosh, do I really need to do that right now when I'm just feeling so overwhelmed with everything else? Right. It's, it's part of that letting go and learning what is a true obligation versus what is maybe not serving us in that moment. Correct. Correct. And that's just becoming aware of those things is, is a lot eye opening for my clients sometimes just to be aware of it. Right. What you want to do with it, but here's a suggestion, you know, and it's just, wow, that's a good idea. (laughs) Right. Well, and it's a simple change too, right? Like it's, it's creating space. And I've had this discussion with my husband, he's kind of a chronic phone user, he, you know, uses it in his business a lot. And, you know, like, anytime somebody sends him a message on WhatsApp, he's like, right on it. And I'm like, you know, you could block that out, you know, whereas like, 9am to 11am is when you're doing admin work and you're answering and responding to people's questions. And then you have a six hour gap, like everything that these people are asking you, you know, you don't have to hold space for them all the time. Right. right. right? So I think you said that earlier is like creating that space so that you can have some mental downtime for yourself. It's just so, so important. Right, right. So I'm going to go back and ask you the same question, but more in terms of like, what are some of the biggest questions and issues that you see in the wellness industry from a professional standpoint? Um, well, I think the questions are, again, how do we create programs like either exercise programming or even diet nutrition programs that fit into this busy lifestyle? It's if people aren't necessarily going to change their lifestyle, what, how do we create how do we create programs and stuff to get people, you know, moving and eating better, but trying to, um, what's the word I want to say, trying to uh, accommodate or change it so that it works within this lifestyle rather than asking people to change their lifestyles. Mm. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, like, how do we, it does. How, how do we efficiently put together like a, I mean, I see this a lot and it, and it's not bad. It's good. Like, 10 minute high intensity programs, you know, mm. do this, do this sometimes a day or, you know, or 20 minute programs or, you know, just things like that. I mean, I see that a lot coming up and it's not a bad thing. It really isn't. It's just, I just think that's what, I think that's what the, what I see a lot happening is how, how do we, how do we work within this framework of what's going on in our society, rather than, I mean, I'd rather see us work on changing how society is always so cooked to their phones and hooked to technology not that I'm saying that I'm perfect at it, but I'm just saying, even for myself, how do we get, how do we get people to slow down a little bit? I'd rather see that be a bigger message, but I feel like we're, we're just trying to accommodate. Well, and I think (laughs) I absolutely answered my question. And I think you and I have very, you know, we have similar viewpoints on that is, you know, we can stuff more and more and more stuff into our day, but is that really what we need to be answering when it comes to, health and wellness and what's to come in the future in terms of um, society. You know, we're losing valuable skills uh, day in and day out in terms of being able to even survive as humans. And for me, you know, like as somebody who's like an avid gardener, you know, people don't even know where a lot of their food comes from um, or how to cook it or, you know, if you 
already don't know how to acquire it from the grocery store and you rely on like fast processed foods all the time. That's deeply concerning to me in terms of just having the skills of being a human uh, being. I think we're giving up that, um, how do I say this? We're giving up that uh, autonomy, let's say, in terms of, you know, holding on to knowledge that's very important and what we truly need in order to build a better culture, to build um, better societies and more connected um, groups of people, in my opinion. Right, right. And when you say connections too, I think relationships too. I mean, just having healthy relationships is just a really great part of a healthy lifestyle too and that's getting missed a lot too in in the in the craziness of social media and all and, and again that that's a whole nother topic but I'm just saying in general I just feel like that's another thing I talk about too or like the quality of your relationships and the communication with I said my one client with her spouse I mean he's great he's a great guy and more than willing to just help her but he didn't know what she needed and that's what I said I'm like people don't know what you need until you tell them I, I've told yeah. this story so many times. This, my husband, early on, we're married 30, 30 years now. And early on in our marriage, I learned really quickly. I was just mad at him. <laughs> and he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, the trash needs to be taken out. Can't you see? And he's like, Jennifer, I'm sorry. I just don't see it. If you just ask me and tell me what you need, I'm more than happy to help you. And this was like in the first year of our marriage. And this is like, I just never forget that. I'm like, it was hard for me to understand how you couldn't see the trash was overflowing, but that's a whole nother story, but just ask me and I'll do it. And I've, to this day, I mean, I've, I've actually told my clients that too, and they laugh, but it's so true. People don't know. You can't expect people to know what you need. You have to ask. And there's again, comes back to that asking for help or asking for what you need. Right. So it, it was just very, that was like, yeah, it's just very interesting because he, he was just like, you're mad at me for something I didn't even know I needed to do. <laughs> you know? My husband and I, my husband and I have the same problem, obviously, yeah. you know, like, but we took, you know, like everybody says, you know, like go and see the like therapist and all of these things, but we ended up taking personality tests, right? right? Oh, yeah. So what the, the specific personality test that we took showed us like, you know, extra, like who's extroverted, who's introverted, um, who's going to be more organized, who's going to be more, you know, um, who's going to see a mess before the other, right? right. So based on these okay. different personality traits, we could kind of see like, why does the garbage start to bother me before, <laughs> before yeah, yeah. it bothers my husband, you know? And it's because I was in like the 98th percentile of the organization or um, I can't remember what the other trait was, but, you know, I'm in the 98th percentile on those ones and he's in like the 68th. So it's going right. to, you know, bother me 30% sooner than it's going <laughs> to bother him. Yeah, right, um, right. You know, and so having these like emotional, like, communication moments with your partner I think it's invaluable to well not only to your marriage but also in maintaining a balance between you know how you function within that relationship exactly yeah because if you're just mad too you're carrying around a lot of stress you're just mad you're not talking about it either you're just like carrying a lot of, around a lot of stress well and then the <laughs> trauma <laughs> yeah. And the trauma that you hold, you know, you don't, I don't think enough people realize that stress and trauma are held in the body, whether that's just through tension or energy or, you know, your thought processes, like that has a very deep uh, connection to, you know, how well we feel. Um, 
that took yeah. me a long time to realize that and you know work through it yeah um so in your health coaching business um how are you incorporating all of this knowledge that you have to give plans or programs to your clients that kind of take all of these things into consideration? Um, so I, on my website and what I talk to my client is just what I've said is I, I kind of look at holistically and like nutrition, physical activity and emotional well-being. And there's a lot that goes into emotional well-being, just as you talked about stress, sleep, you know, spirituality, all, all different kinds of things go into emotional well-being, relationships, you know, communication. Um, so, and I tell my clients, like, you know, we can start anywhere on that triangle because I kind of have it laid out as a triangle. Again, just let's just start somewhere. You know, there might be a different areas you need to work on, but let's dive into one thing. Um, and as we, so say we dive in and they want to start fitness, right? Movement, physical, physical fitness we'll be working on that. And just as we're working on that, we realize, oh, there's a lot of emotional stuff going on. So we talk through that or, oh, and now if you go home for fitness, maybe you need to, you know, fuel your body this way after you've had this great workout. And so it all kind of starts coming in together. And I think I might've told this before, but there'll be days where I might be ready to have a quote unquote workout plan together, but I have a client come in and I said, I work with cancer survivors and Parkinson's uh, disease. And they're just emotionally just just drained or or distraught so we will just spend time i'll just they'll just get on the bike of this ride and we'll just talk for an hour and kind of work out all that stress so there's flexibility in when i meet them where they are that day you know and it's any of those pillars or all three of them might work in but it just depends on how they walk in the door that day and where they are and that's what we do i think that's the I think that's the benefit of being like a well-rounded health coach is right. then you can see all the moving pieces that contribute to somebody's life. And it's not just like today we're going to lift heavy and go and do this. It might just be like, you need to move a little bit and de-stress in, in that moment. Um, however, that's going to work best for your client when they're coming to you. Um, right. I think it's such an important piece that um, maybe somebody who doesn't have all of these certica certifications would be able to notice. And ultimately, I think that's, you know, why seeing and knowing um, every aspect to true health and well-being is only going to benefit you as a coach in the long run um, and within your business, because you have all the tools in your tool belt to um, be successful with them. Right. And I, I feel like, um, and I, I think my clients will tell me this is um, what I try to do in my business too, is just, just to offer them support. And, and instead of them coming in here saying, I'm going to tell you, this is what you need. I'm trying to give them what I see that they need when they walk in the door. I mean, I'm not going to let them like, Oh, I don't want to work out today or something like give up that way. But in terms of I've kind of turned when I first started uh, training many years ago, it was kind of like, you know, you know, I know I have all the answers, right. I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to give this to you, but I'm, way I'm running my business now is like, you know, how can I serve that client best of what they need? What are they looking for? And it's what they call that emotional intelligence too, that I kind of can pick up on what's going on. And I have a client come in here one, many times and he has Parkinson's and he'll be like, I'm fine. I'm like, you're not, 
let's get on the bike, let's talk. And I make him talk and then he's like, oh, Jennifer. And then, but then like, he's better, right? And then he can move better because Parkinson's is a, you know, stress was really not good. I mean, it really affects Parkinson's symptoms. So we get that out and he can move better afterwards. And so it's very um, gratifying because for him, even though he doesn't want to talk about it, he knows he needs to, but we can get it all out and then we, we can move better when, when we are doing this session. So, um, but I feel like it's just offering them support where they are that day. And they're dealing with tough stuff, cancer survivors, Parkinson's disease, even, I mean, in general, we're all dealing with tough, tough, tough stuff, whether you have a chronic disease diagnosis or not, we're dealing, everybody's got a lot of stuff they're dealing with. We don't, like you said, we don't talk about it. Maybe yeah. Don't talk about it. There's a lot of stuff going on in people's lives that well, yeah. we're trained not to talk about it. Right. And that's, <laughs> right. we're trained right. not to say anything because if you say something, then there's definitely something wrong. Right. right. And right, right, to admit right. that there's something wrong is probably right. one of the hardest things to actually Correct. do. <laughs> Correct. Um, but I think the one thing I just want to like touch on, because you said it really well, is like, what's the difference between coaching and consulting? And coaching is, you know, helping the client to arrive at that decision on their own, you're guiding them essentially. Whereas like consulting is telling them what they need to be doing. And I don't know if you remember being a kid, but whenever anybody tells me what to do, I don't <laughs> listen. Oh, do I'm, listen? <laughs> I'm the youngest of four kids. And I definitely have that, that, that typical, or what do they say? The, um, the stereotypical youngest is like, yeah. uh-uh, you tell me what to do. Yeah, I'm done. Like, I'm not even going to do it. And so it's like, it's almost like an art, I think, coaching, because you need to be able to meet that person where they are and understand them in such a way that you know exactly what they need to hear on that day to get them to make the decision for themselves. Right. Yeah. Right. And working with people over time that comes right if they stay with you for a while. And that's the thing. It's it's a journey. Um, When I used to train, when I was just a I say just a personal trainer, but I was more focused on just the fitness piece. I, I never liked to have clients very long because my goal was to like teach them to do it on their own. And if mm. they stayed with me too long, I like, I was like, you know, what am I doing wrong? Like I'm not teaching them to fly. Right. So to speak. And now like my clients have been with me, many of them have been with me since I started in 2020. And it's because it's such a journey that just keeps changing. And it's getting about that support that just keeps constantly changing that they that it's helpful to have this continual support because it's not just about exercise, not just about nutrition. It's like everything is changing all the time, right? And their needs change all the time. And it's, it's a bigger support picture now. Well, and if we think about the journey that we went on, right. And I try and say this as often as I can to coaches is, you know, (laughs) where did your journey start, you know, and how long ago did that journey start for you? Like you've probably been knee deep in this information, you know, like you said, for 13 years, if not sometime before that, because maybe you got your first certification 13 years ago, but it's not the first time that you ever dove into these subjects or topics. You know, it's probably something that has been on your mind or in your life for years before that. So if you think about like where your client is coming to you, they're not going to be able to start right where you're at right now you've got to take them through all of the steps that you went through and how can you you know um highlight the really important pieces that you found out along the way to get them to you know better health and wellness 
quicker than you did, right? Like right. that's the 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 goal of a coach, in my opinion. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's and again, it's it's again, it's just a constantly changing journey, even for myself, right? I mean, I've been through a lot of different challenges with my health and over the years, but I'm sure more will come in the future, right? But it doesn't mean that that means I'm not healthy or that I'm not on a health journey. It's just mm. a journey, right? So it's going to continually, it's just ebbing and flowing all the time. And that's, I think, why it takes, why clients will stay with me for a while, because to understand that, if you start with me at, like I said, I'm in my, I'm, I'm 54. So some of my, most of my clients are my age or a little bit older. But if you're starting thinking that way at 50, mm. <laughs> it's not, it's, again, it's not going to change overnight. And, it, and, it, and it's not, it's just going to constantly be changing. It's not going to be, oh, I found the answer. But it's not that you failed and it's not that you failed either. It's just that you are evolving. Right, right. Exactly. It just keeps changing, but then you just got to keep adapting to the changes. I guess, I don't know if that, if that answers, yeah, but it's just, it's a constantly changing. So to, to, to ingrain that in your, in your way of thinking and your way of living takes time to readjust to that way of thinking that, oh, it's okay that it's not perfect right now, but I, but here's the tools that I have to get myself back on track or to, to, to adjust to what's going on right now. Well, and it's to be open to learning something new, which I think mm-hmm. for those old, the old cats out there might be a little <laughs> bit more different, like difficult, right? Because like I said, we're not, we're not taught to still have a curious mind or be um, curious to learn new things. And to mention like, society is changing so quickly like in like the industrialized food system is changing so quickly you know even in the last five years like what I taught five years ago when it came to you know ecology environmentalism in our food system is vastly different than what I'm going to be teaching today right so it's it's having and keeping that open and curious mind to being open to hearing new things and, and wanting to learn what, um, what's actually out there. Right. Right. And there's a lot out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe too much. Um, right. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm going to finish up with a few questions that I just like asking because I think they're great questions. Um, <laughs> what's, ex- uh, what's inspiring you at the moment? Um, actually, I, you know, my clients actually, they do. I mean, because they're, they're going through some tough things. I think about the perseverance. Um, I have some cancer survivors that are going through currently chemotherapy treatment. Um, just the fact they keep showing up, they may feel like crap exercise does help them a lot to feel better. Um, and, but I just, I learn from my clients too. And I think that's what inspires me to keep doing what I do. Cause yeah, I can have book knowledge, but when you look at real, realistically what's going on with, you know, my clients with Parkinson's, I, I teach a Parkinson's class one, every Monday afternoon. Um, and I have, you know, clients are coming in just feeling terrible, but they come, they show up, they put the work in. And um, it's just, it's inspiring to me and it keeps me wanting to do more what I do. And, and it's, again, it's just a cyclical thing that I kind of started working in this film, not because I had cancer or my dad died of Parkinson's or anything like that. It's just because these people came into my life and I started working with them and I got the education, but then they teach me more and more, but they keep me wanting to do more and more because gosh, if they're going to show up 
I better sure as heck show up and have the knowledge to be able to help them, right? Because mm. they're ready to show up. So I need to be there for them to keep showing up myself and, right. and learn more and keep learning, right? So it, it's just, a, it's a cyclical process, really, because the more they, the more they show up, the more I want to show up. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, I think it's it's it is, and I think that that's something that's missed. And uh, I mean, we teach business obviously at the Health Coach Collaborative too when it comes to you know health coaching. But the one thing that I think rings true in what you said is just showing up. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're showing up for yourself, or you're showing up for your business, or you're showing up for your health. It's just start taking responsibility for the changes that you want to see in your life, right? So like if you want your clients to have improvements, show up for your clients. If your clients want improvement, they've got to show up. And I think it's just stepping into that, what feels hard, like leaning into what feels hard and then showing up for it. And once you see that you're able to actually make these shifts happen by doing that, it becomes easier and easier over time. Um, and it is one of the most rewarding parts about the work that we do. Like being a coach is probably one of the most rewarding jobs that you could ever have because you are witnessing people go through some of the most difficult times in their lives and they're allowing you to be there with them and walking with them side by side. And that is a privilege. And I think not enough people actually see how important the work is that we do. You know, like we get labeled with all these like snake oil people and and those kinds of things. That's what I'm going to call it because yeah. it's light. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I think the work that we do is, you know, we are, well, I'm going to use this term even though it's not allowed. I think we're healers, you know, like that is what our, our passion and role is in this, in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. 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 It's, it's rewarding, but it, it's, it's hard too. As we talked about too, leaning into it, you know, my clients got to lean into it, but there's sometimes I'm, I'm like, Oh, you know, I'll, you know, I'm a faithful person. Like I pray, I'm like, God, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, work with this client. Cause like I had a client, he was, um, had pancreatic cancer. He's, he has since died, but it was, it was tough, but I was scared to death to work with him. He was very frail, but he was, he showed up every day. He needed me there every day. And man, I mean, it really, again, that talk about inspiring, but half the time I didn't know, oh my gosh, I can't help that. Can I help him? Right. And, and I did, his wife said, you, you, you showed up two times a week and you made his day so much better. And to me, it's like, I wanted to fix it, but I have to learn. I can't fix it. I'm just here to support him. Right. But it, it's a, but I have to lean into it. I have to lean into it too. Cause it's hard. It can be hard too. And heartbreaking too, because I can't fix some of this stuff. I can just help support. Well, <laughs> and that a lot of it. I can't fix any of it. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I can just help support. Well, <laughs> and we, we can't make somebody change and we can't necessarily fix a problem for somebody, but you know, imagine what you were giving to that person in that moment that might have felt super lonely, you know, like that to me, I think is what is so inspiring about the work that we do is, you know, like you can't fix it. And the reality is, is that that's not a solo incident, you know, that's going to become more and more frequent 
you know, cancer has touched my lives. I'm working with clients, you know, who are nutrition coaches who have cancer, you know, within their lives. And, you know, Heather, you know, one of the instructors here at the Health Coach Collaborative, you know, she's a breast cancer survivor. I have another client too, who, you know, had had cancer and is recovered and is now, you know, a nutrition coach as well. So it's not like these incidences are, you know, just one and few. It's coming more and more often, which is unfortunate, but the reality is, is like, how can you benefit these people's lives um, in the long run? Right, right. Mm -hmm. So um, you just told us about what is inspiring you at the moment. What is one last piece of advice that you can tell our listeners to take with them? Well, what I see, again, you talked about earlier is just, you know, people are I think so busy and there's just so much information out there about nutrition and health. And, but I think I've noticed it in myself when I want to start something or when you want to start something, you just, just need to start somewhere, find something. And I think give, giving up on that idea of perfection and diving in somewhere, starting somewhere um, with a small change. And, and that's really how healthy lifestyles start and, and, and evolve and the journey can start, but it has to start somewhere. And many times we want to just take it all on at once and, and that's just not sustainable. So just, just start somewhere and let the journey take you where the journey is going to take you. And I think if you can just have an open mind and get started, like, like, I feel like I did with my business and how my life has gone. Right. It's just, I said, I wouldn't think I'd be where I am today, 10 years ago, but I started somewhere and it just started this started evolving. Right? <laughs> awesome. I think that's a great piece of advice and it's small and manageable for people. Yeah. I want to say thanks for your time today and coming on the podcast. Um, I enjoyed speaking with you and um, I think the work that you're doing is super important and uh, I'm glad that you shared it with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Lynn. It was, it was wonderful. Awesome. All right. I'll just stop recording. Mm -hmm.